Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. say Mike is that if you sneak into a party it somehow makes the experience better this, this guy took things a step further super fan of Conor McGregor bartender Oliver Regis from Britain had a $2,500 ticket to the fight but then he realized his te- seats were terrible so he worked his way down to have ringside seats by pretending to be with Mayweather's security team that's the other rule of getting into any VIP just keep going yeah. don't let them stop you Act like you belong there. That's a living the dream right there. And he took a picture with virtually every celebrity. Everybody there. but Frank Lucas. <laughs> Should have worn a fur coat or something. What's good? Welcome to the best 60 minutes of your day. Oh, we'll look back at fight night later in the show. But coming up, the Yankees make a big lineup move ahead of tonight's game against the Indians. And who will make the first move in the stare down between the Celtics and the Cavaliers. But we've got far more important matters to address first, Jamel. Yeah, starting with the top story in the nation right now, despite the devastation caused by Hurricane Harvey, the NFL still hasn't decided if Thursday's scheduled preseason game between the Cowboys and Texas will be played or moved. The Texans already moved their team to the Cowboys' practice facility. Thursday's game was supposed to be at NRG Stadium, but many believe it will be moved to the Cowboys' AT&T Stadium. The Texans, like others in the sports world, have stepped up to donate to relief efforts, which we'll talk about in a second. But Houston native Gerald Green, he took things a step further. Anybody in Houston right now, anybody in Houston got a boat? I don't care what it is, man. Get at me. I'm trying to help out people in Houston, dog. I need somebody with a boat, dog, that can help me go out here and rescue people. There's a lot of people that's in danger in Houston. There's a lot of people who's Driving out on these roads, don't do it, man. Stay at home. I've been driving since yesterday trying to convince people to get out to safety. It's not safe, man, to be out here on these roads, bro. Don't do it. Uh, Meanwhile, other sports teams have been displaced and have had to make some other arrangements. Uh, This week's Rangers-Astros series has been moved to Tropicana Field. And after that series concludes, the Astros will remain in St. Pete for this weekend's series against the Mets. LSU and BYU were scheduled to face off at NRG Stadium this weekend, but officials from both schools are looking into changing the game's locations. Uh, Meanwhile, here's J.J. Watt and Bill O'Brien. This is much bigger and much more important than football. There's no question about that. Um, But if... On Sundays this fall, we can take people's minds off of the situation for a couple hours. If we can put a smile on people's faces for a couple hours and and be a distraction away from everything that's going on, uh, we'll gladly do that. I will tell you right now, we're going to dedicate this season to the city of Houston, the people of Houston. Um, You know, there are no guarantees uh, in football. That's not what I'm here to say. But I will guarantee that this team will go out every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whenever they ask us to play, and we'll play our off for the city of Houston. I promise you that. And if there is something played this week, I think we should definitely involve uh, some sort of fundraiser, some sort of way to benefit the people back home because I think that, like I said, this is a much bigger issue than just a football game. All across the sports world, everybody has responded, donating to relief for Houston throughout the day. J.J. Watt, among the leaders, raised $500,000, donating $100,000 himself and getting $50,000 from New Rocket 
Chris Paul. The Cardinals Matt Carpenter pledged to donate $10,000 for every home run he hits for the rest of the season since he and his wife have called Houston home for most of their lives. The Rockets pledged $4 million in the Texans, Patriots, NFL Foundation, and Major League Baseball and its Players Association pledge $1 million each. I got, like a lot of people, friends and family in Houston. Some of my family uh, relocated to Houston after Katrina. Uh, other members of my family moved to Houston um, because they preferred Houston just by choice. And my dad's side of the family is from Beaumont, Texas, right outside of Houston. So this hit home on several levels. It's very Katrina-esque, the stories, the pictures, the information that's coming out of uh, the Houston area right now. Just can't say enough how much our thoughts and, and prayers with uh, the people in Texas. I just got the phone my cousin, my older cousin, who was also named Michael, which made for interesting holidays, as you might imagine. My older cousin, uh, they lived in Missouri City, and I say lived, their house is going to have to be, be rebuilt because a tornado ripped through their house. Mm-hmm. My, my second cousin, one of his daughters, uh, had glass in her back. Everybody's fine, but they're obviously shaken up, traumatized. They're in a Marriott right now. Um, you know, they're breaching levees. It's just, just all too familiar, this situation. I go back to, to how you started, um, you know, the, the news story. The NFL still hasn't decided what to do. Like, it's, it's almost 10 after 6. They should have already decided we're not playing this meaningless preseason game. This is literally life or death, and there are players whose families are affected by this, fans who have far more important things to do. Um, you know, learn from your mistakes in 2005 or at least learn lessons from that experience with the Saints in 2005 when they were displaced. The only way I might be okay with them deciding to go forward with the preseason game is if, as J.J. Watt said, they decided to donate the proceeds um, from that game to uh, the relief efforts. But other than that, what's the point, you know? Um, And like you, I have a lot of friends in Houston. I I called one of my good friends, um, one of my best friends from college, Andrew, to make sure that he was okay. Um, I haven't heard from him yet, but somebody told me that he posted on Facebook. So uh, I'm hoping he's doing well. But just so many. I've never had to experience something like this personally. You have because I believe your family lived with you. Well, well my right co- after you the, got the cousin I just mentioned, his parents, my aunt, uncle and his two younger brothers were trapped in their attic. And Katrina had to be rescued from their attic. Mm. And my family obviously got displaced, moved up with us in, in Boston at the time. Now they're back in New Orleans. So, so I think they should let allow honestly, the players to decide, because even if they do play and it does, uh, the money is donated, they still have to, how can you focus when right. part, you're worried about how your family will survive this, what you're going to do, logistics, so if On it's a not fourth worth it, not game. I mean, And the donations are to be commended. The mm-hmm. money is, is nothing to sneeze at, but put your mouth where your money is, right. as in make a statement about how important people really are and not proceeding as planned with the preseason game. Okay. Uh, a short time ago, Yankees manager Joe Girardi announced he not only is sitting rookie sensation Aaron Judge tonight in their series opener against Cleveland, which can be seen right here on ESPN, but he's keeping Judge on the bench for multiple games in an effort to help him break out of his post-All-Star game slump. Uh, more from Girardi. Uh, he said, I just thought that he's been missing some pitches that he usually was hitting in the first half. Sometimes just a couple of days away can refresh a guy and get him back on track. It's not what you really want to do. We've tried a lot of different other things, so we're going to try this. Um, and with that, oh, let's take a look at these stats, too. In the first half, only four players had a better batting average than Judge, who led the majors in slugging percentage, OPS, and home runs in that span. But since the All-Star break, he ranks outside the top 130 players in slugging and OPS and has the fourth worst 
batting average in all of baseball. Life comes at you fast. And we go now to Tim Kirchin, who is at Yankees Stadium. So, Tim, what gives Girardi the confidence that this approach uh, to his slump, to Aaron Judge's slump, could actually work? Well, he's got to try something because this kid has struggled so badly. And this, of course, tonight is the perfect night to give Aaron Judge a night off because they're facing Corey Kluber of the Indians. And I mean nobody, but nobody can hit that guy, especially lately. Perfect time for a night off. Plus, this slump has been going on for some time. You just showed the numbers. I mean, he's slugging basically 350 points less the second half than he did the first half. Teams are adjusting to him. They're finding ways to get him out. And it also doesn't help that he's 6'7", 282. I mean, this is not a game built for an everyday player being this big. There are so many holes in that swing. And these pitchers are finding them. But the beauty of baseball is you go from really good to really bad and back to really good very quickly. And I am certain that Aaron Judge being this strong and being this smart and understanding what adjustments are about, he's going to come out of this. But Joe Girardi's right. Every once in a while, you just got to get him away from the game, especially on a night when Corey Kluber's pitching. All right. Indians, Yankees, top of the hour right here on ESPN. You'll hear more from Tim Kirchner. Thank you, Tim. Thank Speaking you. of really good, Red Hot Giancarlo Stanton threw cold water on talk of what counts as the real home run record ahead of tonight's first of three against the Nationals. Stanton says, quote, I'm not going through that BS running around again <laughs> that I had to do last time, so I'm not worried about it right now. It doesn't matter. The record's the record. I'm not going through. Then tomorrow I got to answer this after the game. I'm not doing that again. He did it again yesterday. Four homers now in four days, 17 this month. Most homers in a single month in Major League history, mind you, is 20 by Sammy Sosa in June 1998. As for 73, you think he needs a chance at it? I don't think he has a chance at it. Um, even Only needs 24, I know. 37 games. And or we, we've seen 33 games. some of the tears that he's been on, not just in the last uh, six to eight games, but just obviously since the All-Star break. Only reason I don't, because of what happens as you get closer. Right. Um, you, as he's as he said, you get asked about it a lot more. It becomes an even bigger story than it is right now. And pitchers don't want to be that one that helps you on the rec- on the road to beating such a distinguished record. So I just think that this is probably going to slow down at some point just because it'll have to. Again, he's at 24 in his last 37 games. We need 24 and 33 to break Bonds' record. Speaking of the Giants, you saw Bob Nightingale from USA Today saying that the Giants are, are hot for him perhaps this offseason. I would love to see him in San Francisco. No, that would be a great place for him. And if the Marlins can't afford him. They can't, and it's, it's time for them to turn the, page, turn the page, especially with new ownership. All right, including the playoffs, Julian Edelman has 436 receptions since 2013. That's 187 more than any other Patriots player in that span. And on third downs last season, Tom Brady targeted Edelman 38 times more than the next three Patriots combined. Edelman, of course, will not be able to improve upon those numbers in 2017. Speaking of numbers, Westgate, 5-2 Super Bowl odds for the Patriots before the injury, 5-2 after the injury. Here's Tom Brady. You know, quarterback-receiver relationship is about trust. Um, you know, he and I just have had that. We've worked together since our ninth year on the same team and talking about the same offense. And all the backs and tight ends, we're just going to have to pick up the slack. And the production's got to come. You know, from a different place. I know Jules usually gets a lot of looks. Uh, you know, it makes a lot of catches for us, and you know, it's just it's got to be distributed somewhere else. And injuries are tough; they're always a part of the game. And uh, you know, we've got to we just got to try to overcome it. Scale of one to ten, Jamel, how big of a blow 
uh, is it to the Patriots losing Julian Edelman for the season with an ACL tear? I'm going to go with about a three because I, I don't want – look, I, I'm not doubting the Patriots or Bill Belichick because nobody is better at next man up than they are. So much of this is just about what it does to that offense. Obviously, Brady depends on him quite a bit. <clears throat> Certainly having somebody like Brandon Cooks now uh, will help with that. But I think it makes them a little bit vulnerable <laughs> – Vulnerable enough so they're not going to miss the playoffs or not be uh, right. Exactly. And one. So we're talking about degrees of this. Like it's concerning because yeah. of, the, of the caliber of player he is. But we have seen so many times that if any team is equipped to handle injuries and continue to be the same team, it's this one. That's why I'm a zero. <laughs> Can you go zero on one to ten? Is that allowed? Is that like, like having six to in the top five? Do I have to go one? I'm a zero, and, and that's okay. not about Julian Edelman. Tremendous football player, and I'm not trying to minimize. The chemistry and the rapport and the simpatico that he and Tom Brady had. There's a reason he went to, he looked at him on third down. They don't win the Super Bowl without that all-time great exactly. catch he had against Atlanta. But they're so adept at adaptation. We've just seen this time and time again, including last year when they lost Gronk. Everybody's like, oh, my God, how are they going to win without Gronk? Yeah, they went on to win a Super Bowl. Right. So not only is Gronk back. You saw Chris Hogan? Yeah. I know it was preseason, but this is the same dude caught nine for 180 and two touchdowns mm-hmm. in the AFC title game. So Chris Hogan, Brandon Cooks, Danny, Danny Amendola, uh, Malcolm Mitchell, Dwayne Allen's their second tight end. And oh, by the way, they got James White and, and, and Deion Lewis out of the backfield. There's a reason why I'm running down the whole damn roster because <laughs> they got so many people that can hurt you. One monkey doesn't stop that show. But it does get to a point that you've made consistently as we, uh, throughout the summer, already talked about them going undefeated, is that they, while they can handle injuries better than most teams, too many of them, and if the wrong one pops up... And the wrong say, one is in 12. Yeah, the wrong one is in 12 or any... Or, well... I guess. Or Belichick. Or, right, exactly. <laughs> Belichick's but, but trainer still, showed putting on the hoodie. <laughs> you never know how it might derail things. All right, Bengals linebacker Vontez Burfecht is facing a five-game suspension for an illegal hit against Kansas City Chiefs fullback Anthony Sherman in a preseason game earlier this month, according to our own Adam Schefter. The suspension is based on a new rule the NFL passed to protect defenseless players. <sighs> now, is this about the NFL trying to make the right call or Burfecht's reputation? Well, it's both, and not just reputation, but body of work. He missed three games last year for the hit on Antonio Brown in the playoffs. So this five-gamer, if it seems steep, it's because he's a repeat offender. And he and the Bengals are saying, even Sherman told him, according to Burfick, that it was a legal hit. It's borderline. They're trying to eliminate that. It's a defensive, a defenseless player, excuse me. He launched. I mean, he didn't leave the crown of his helmet. You got to sit him. I would like to see it reduced to three because that's a quarter of his season. Right. But he's made this bed. Now he's got to sleep in. Well, because at the same time, they also have to send a message to them to message him. Okay, so you don't get it, it with multiple games. Well, now we have to expand that and go even further. And you're right. This is about his rep as much as as, as it's about anything. A lot else. of old school guys are mad at this, but this is an old school. This is a new day. They're trying to eliminate those types of hits from the game as we continue to and have at, concussion conversations. At what point does he change? Because if this stands. $800,000. That's what it's If he's going to play like career. this, this is the price you pay. Now, we're still in limbo, speaking of prices paid, as the Cavs and Celtics have until Wednesday to agree to the Kyrie Irving-Isaiah Thomas blockbuster trade that's hit a snag due to Cleveland's concerns about IT's hip. The deadline to report and submit to a physical for the players involved in the trade is 10 a.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. The deadline to pass the physical is 10 a.m. Eastern time on Thursday per league rules, although both teams can mutually agree to extend the deadline. So the Cavs are trying to hit up Boston for another asset or assets. So far, the Celtics reportedly are reluctant to sweeten the deal. Should the Cavs, should the Celtics amend said deal, Jamel? Who blinks first here? No, they shouldn't amend the deal at all. 
I'm wondering if this is one of those situations where both of them have gone so far down this road that neither one of them can afford to turn back, as in who has more pressure to make this deal. I think they both do in their own unique ways. Given what the fan reaction was to Isaiah Thomas being traded, a lot of fans were really upset, and especially with everything he gave them last season, obviously the tragic passing of his sister, to trade that kind of guy and try to bring him back, that's just awkward for everybody, much like it would be on the other side with LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. They've both gone too far. Make the deal. I don't think there's equal incentive to consummate this trade. And I'm the same person that said that the Cavs didn't have to do anything this year, given Kyrie Irving has two years and then an option on his deal. They could bring him back, make him be a big boy and get along nicely with LeBron James and then revisit if and when LeBron walks next year and trade Kyrie with one year and an option left on his contract. That said, Cleveland had better call up. Kobe Altman did a great job with this trade. You call up Danny Ainge and you assume that Chris Rock told, hey, excuse me, <laughs> I was uh, wondering eh, if you would right. be willing to part with uh, a couple of second round picks right. or maybe one of your first round picks. For sure, not Memphis's or the, or the, uh, the Clippers' first round picks. And for damn sure, not the Lakers' Kings' Sixers' pick. No. Because they're not going to get anything else. That, Better than that Brooklyn pick. To this. And Jay Crowder. Right. Okay, so Isaiah Thomas, you're the Cavaliers. You could take Isaiah Thomas in the second half. Plus, you knew you were getting, with all due respect, damaged goods. Mm-hmm. You could take him in the second half of the season for the stretch run and, and, and make do while he's on the men. But there is no way that you sit up here and mess around with this Brooklyn pick that's got you so set up for the long term and the short term if you want to flip him for a star under the guise of being greedy and trying to get something out of him. If you're, if you're the Celtics, you're like, yo, man, y'all knew what y'all were getting when y'all made this trade. Go out and find something better. We'll wait. Yeah, they have to figure out a way not to uh, snatch, what is it, snatch victory or snatch, uh, snatch a loss. Snatch defeat jaw- from the jaws, jaws of victory. Of victory. And yeah. the Celtics have enough assets to where they can address point guard long term if the Cavs Cleveland figured with out this. the perfect trade, take it. So that guy right there, 23-year-old Francisco Lindor, he's got 24 home runs this season. There have only been 15 instances, Jamel, in MLB history of a middle infielder hitting 25 home runs in his age 23 or younger season. Six of them by A-Rod and Cal Ripken Jr. That's the company he seeks to join tonight against the Yankees. Meanwhile, so Chris Sale, he's been the AL Cy Young favorite most of the season. But Corey Kluber, as you heard Tim Kirchner talk about earlier, has got something to say about that. For the season, they rank among the AL's top three in ERA whipping strikeouts. But when you look at the numbers since Kluber came off the disabled list in early June, Ooh. leads the AL in everything. Wow. Thanks in part to the Indians beating him up, Chris Sale. Not so much. I need y'all to let that sink in. They're still doing this, huh? <laughs> you just love that meme. You love it. Oh my gosh. Let me have that. Take it all in. Get the joke, people. Get the joke. All right, so it's fair. Not a joke. <laughs> so it's fair to say the Mayweather-McGregor fight exceeded expectations, and it was a win-win. I think for both of them, McGregor lasted longer than most expected. Floyd disposed of him with a 10th round TK, TKO, and most importantly for them both, they got ridiculously and handsomely paid for a night's work. Now Floyd will now retire with an extra couple hundred million. But where does this leave Conor McGregor? Where should he go from here, Mike? What you mean? <laughs> back, back, back to, I mean, you know, is he still partying? He was partying like he won, he, and rightfully so. He did you know, win on a lot of levels. Yeah, Biggest paycheck he's ever seen. Yeah, but I mean, back to Dana White and the UFC. Okay. Where else would he and go? lower paychecks? I'm just saying. I, what are you getting at? I, maybe Hollywood. Look, I mean, <laughs> he might be the biggest winner even in defeat. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Floyd Mayweather got 50-0, and 0, got paid. We got a better fight than we expected, which is not saying much. Most right. people had low expectations, your expectations to begin expectations with. Were here. Right, so it was really only place to go was up. 
he, uh, he may have, everybody's talking about whether or not the referee stopped it too soon, whether it was a, a week and a quick stoppage. He saved Conor McGregor, even though he said, let me wobble back to the corner. He <laughs> saved them the indignity of right. getting knocked out by somebody who doesn't knock people out to begin with. Right. And now there's always the, what could have been. Oh, he stopped it too soon. I was just like, you know, McGregor, they could always have that qualifier, him and his fans, and he can have it. Like, you know, he didn't knock me down. He said the right things, but he didn't get knocked down. So now if he wants to go to Hollywood, I think his star is significantly more on the rise than it already was, and that's saying something. Yeah, it's just once you make this kind of money, it's kind of hard to go back to some of the purses that he was getting in UFC. So What's the alternative? So I do wonder if Hollywood is, that's one, and that's a legitimate one, should he become a boxer? Should he just go ahead and play this out and try to become a professional boxer? Look, he <laughs> why you give me this look? Look, he was. Are you be- serious? I, I'm just wondering because Man. when you think about the type of money, when that you he parole wants- for being a prisoner of the moment, how long is his sentence? Because <laughs> he, he went toe to toe with a 40 year old, right? And, and look, as who many, had been off for two years, people who know far more about boxing than I have. If he was in there with say somebody like Triple G, we he know got, how we know how the story ends. Okay. Okay. But I do wonder, given his name, given his mouth. Given his star power, he might be the perfect fit for boxing. Of course, no, he would have to. No. He and would I, have to face lesser fighters. To, so, what's to, the point? You're not gonna get that kind of payday you're talking but about. I bet you, but because guys. of his name and star power, it probably will be better. Man, he'll get knocked he, in the next have, week by have, somebody they, else. They convince people, or he convinced people to a degree that maybe he can box a little. With bit. people, well, he can Just box that, with Floyd. But he picked the first. That fight went exactly how it was going to go, so much so that Floyd Mayweather was about to bet on the, on the under <laughs> 10 rounds because he knew he was going to string it out. So is that and why once he, he got he tired, he was going to knock him out. He fights somebody else, he'll get knocked in the next week. No, absolutely not. Should he be a boxer? You, you're the same you person that thought boxing was on. No. no. <laughs> Boxing was, was on trial. Was... Boxing needed Floyd Mayweather to win. That says that Floyd Mayweather is boxing, which is false. Okay. <laughs> High school soccer in Illinois, Hillsboro at and North Max. Jonah Cassin scored from midfield. Oh my goodness, not bad at all. Cassins from way out. That goal won the game for North Max. That is most important. All right, pool slam through the legs, slam dunk in the pool. All it took one take. So we were told. <laughs> is that right? Nicely done. See, I, if I was his dad, I'd be like, dog, if you hit the side of that pool, you're driving yourself to the hospital. <laughs> All right. Number eight, more hoops. The Nike Chicago League. Kiefer Sykes drives down the lane and throws it down. Ooh, Ooh. Man. You got to fight him. <laughs> you got to fight him All after right. that one. Uh, buzzer beater time. After a basket down two, that's Mike Kelly. Then the full court heat for the YMCA championship. Yeah. You know the best part about it? It's going to get better and better, that story, as it ages. Like, you know what? That's going to be the his house. It was raining. <laughs> there were 5,000 people in the gym. All right, number six, little ultimate Frisbee action. Off a of deflection. Say a wow. Oh, boy. Hussein Carnegie. <laughs> I'm guessing lays out for the catch. Very impressive. Full extension, too. All right, number five, this is 13-year-old Jace Blaylock from the Little League World Series taking back practice at SunTrust Park. That's where the Braves play. Blaylock, that's, wait, 420 he's th- feet? He's 13. 13 years old. 420 feet. That bat is sick. All right, number... I guess we'll say his name again. I think so. Number four, Crystal Law of the Santa Clara Diving Club. Check this out. No! Put your suit on! <laughs> oh, triple lending. Actually, it's a 107C. 107C. Backflips on the diving board. Bounces. Rodney Dangerfield is better, though. Four flips to a dive. <laughs> All right. Number three. 
golf trick shot using a towel. Where do these people find these creative twists? The towel fits the ball into the hole. Check that out again. That did not take one take. And that takes way too much time off your hands. <laughs> but good for you. You made four times. All right, number two, uh, Rocky Mountain Championship disc golf from under 400 yards away. Just under. Disc golf? Disc golf. I didn't even know this was a thing. Christian Dietrich wraps this one disc around the tree. Okay, is this real golf now? <laughs> kind of, sort of? More trick shots. What? <laughs> did he do a backflip? No. Haters will say it's fake. Alex Barlow. Okay, I'm impressed. I'm officially impressed right here. All right, so due to public safety concerns resulting from the ongoing weather emergency related to Hurricane and then Tropical Storm Harvey, Thursday's Cowboys-Texans game, originally scheduled to be played at NRG Stadium in Houston, has been relocated to AT&T Stadium in Arlington. I say again, why is it not canceled? Mm. Maybe it's easier said than done. I understand the logistics and the, the money involved, but like J.J. Watt said, donate the money if you're going to play it. It shouldn't be playing it at all. Families are involved. LSU-BYU game scheduled for Saturday night. Meanwhile, at NRG Stadium in Houston, as we moved to New Orleans, decided home field advantage goes without saying for LSU. Now, meanwhile, Astros president Reed Ryan had some strong words uh, for the Rangers, saying that Texas wouldn't agree to switch home and home series and wanted to keep their home games in September. He didn't, however, say what reasons the Rangers gave, but he did release the following statement. Uh, you got a major storm. That's disrupted everything. We went to the Rangers and said, hey, let's switch series. You guys have our home series. We'll take your home series. They rejected that and didn't want to do that. The Rangers wanted us to play the next three days at their place, but they did not want to trade series with us. They wanted all six games at their park. The fact that the Rangers refused to go home and home with us, we had to look at all of the options that were out there. We had to look at our players' best interests, and we had to look at the integrity of the schedule. All right, let's, uh, let's dive into some football news, shall we? So John Harbaugh, the Ravens, he's been extended through 2019. His contract was set to expire after next season. Of course, he won a Super Bowl in 2012, but Baltimore has missed the playoff straight up past four seasons. Meanwhile, his quarterback, still missing in action, did not practice again on Monday following the third preseason game. Harbaugh was asked for a timetable for Flacco's return. I'm not going to stand up here and answer that question. He'll be back to the Bengals again, I promise you that. So is that, is that good enough? Do you really care when he's going to practice? Do you really care? Uh, yes. Do you, do, do you really? Okay. All right. He'll be back for the Bengals game. He'll be ready to play. I promise you that. All right. What's he so mad about? Well, <laughs> so we mentioned that extension. He certainly got his work cut out for him. Uh, and this gives him more security. So Albert McClellan, the special team days for the Ravens, he tore his ACL. He's out for the season. That's the 10th player the Ravens have lost for the season since June 1st. If you do the math, that's an average of one player gone for the year every nine days. He can be frustrated all he wants, but it's a legitimate question to ask because I know Mike Wallace has called Joe Flacco Weapon X. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean he's just going to roll out of bed and be the best that he can be with no practice time. And, also, and I, I can't promise that I'm going to be here tomorrow. <laughs> God willing, in the creek don't rise, I'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> okay, preacher. He said, I'm, I promise you're going to be ready for the man. Okay. Okay. But he has <laughs> to understand why the people covering the team want he, he acts because like Because Ryan is, Mallett is the alternative for one. Exactly. So the fans, too, they want to know like how much – uh, how much emotional support am I going to need for that first season if it, or that first game if Ryan Mallett is out there starting? So for him to act like it was somehow not a legitimate question or story is, is befuddling. I get it. He's he gets frustrated because he can't answer it well, any and differently. He's, he's tired of being asked about it right. all the time. And we know quarterback injuries, there's a natural and understandable obsession with them. So I exactly. get why he's frustrated a little bit. All right, uh, speaking of quarterback situations, Hugh Jackson said on Sunday, second-round pick Deshaun Kaiser. 
will be the starting quarterback. Now, Kaiser beat out Brock Eisweiler and Cody Kessler for the job. Not saying much to some degree. Kaiser and Jackson, they spoke on the decision today. You know, obviously, there's a lot of guys who expect experience if you're going to be a starting quarterback here and or in this league. And uh, for me, I completely trust in Coach Jackson's timeline. And if he believes that I'm ready to go out there and have some success, then I believe in myself to go do so. I probably felt better about this one, making this decision, than some in the past. Uh, because I think the guy can do it. You know, I really do. Uh, will it be hard? Yeah, it's going to be hard. Uh, it's going to take a lot of work on his part, my part, our staff part, the rest of the team, because everybody's involved in this. It's not just me and him. Everybody's got to do their part in order for this young man to have success. Yeah, week one against the Steelers. Good luck with that. It's a long way from Brian Kelly saying he ain't ready. Ready or not, Cleveland. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, look. If you Jackson likes it, I love it. Yeah, because okay. he's certainly the the authority on quarterbacks. But, but look at the alternatives. I was going to say, how bad does Brock Osweiler have to be? Well, here's the thing. It's, it's twofold. One, you know, the kid earned it. He probably mm-hmm. outplayed it, which, as you said, is not saying much. But they got to win games. And it says a lot about where those veterans are or where they aren't that you would put this kid out there right now that they feel thinking he gives you the best him. chance to win. Because in a perfect world, he would sit. Right. And I think in his heart of hearts, Hugh Jackson knows that, but he thinks the kid can handle it. I spent some time around him this summer oh, talking he's about Sean Kaiser. He's, he's got the intention. Football, Savant, he has everything. I, I believe he, he said that. He said, I was Cam Newton's body and Tom Brady's head. He did Let's say get that. it. I right. liked it then. I like it now. Let's the confidence get it. Was, was out there, that's for sure. Good luck. In this streak of opening day starters and whatnot, Todd Bowles to name Josh McCown the Jets' week one starter against the Bills, who certainly have QB depth issues of their own. McCown will be the Jets' fourth different week one starter in the last six years, following the likes of Mark Sanchez, Geno Smith, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. So he played one series as preseason Jamel, the first of the first game, ended it with a touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. Is he ready? I think he's ready. I think that he's 38. Was, I think that was not about McCown. It was about the fact that they had to take a, a real hard look at Bryce Petty and Christian Hackenberg. Bryce Petty, took, who's outplayed Christian Hackenberg. Yes, Doesn't and they matter. took that look. Yeah. They still came up with the determination. They thought that, you were going to see something different. <laughs> right. They still came up with the determination that McCown was their guy. Look, I know that the Jets certainly don't look at this as a lost season. But if you're a Jets fan, I hope you're already looking at the draft board for 2018 and figuring out where you're going to be. So depressing. Yeah. Like Josh will give it his all. They're going to compete because players don't tank. But it's like you have nothing to look forward to behind Josh. Yeah, uh, now less than two weeks away from the Colts preseason opener and still no timetable on when Andrew Luck will return. Uh, Colts, uh, Coach Chuck Pagano said today we're moving forward with who we have on this football team right now and who's practicing. So that would mean not Andrew Luck. Yeah, look, I mean, he also said that the odds of Luck playing in week one that he's not a bookie. <laughs> so Sounds like gonna... a no. <laughs> yeah, you know what, though? And he hasn't, he's been, it's been seven months since the surgery. They got to think in terms of the next seven years. And you want to talk about a lost season, maybe going out there with Scott Tolzien is going to derail this season before Andrew Luck ever gets back. But you got to take your time with him and look at this from the long view and not trying to rush him back to save jobs or to try to win week one. So no timetable is right because ultimately you're looking at this kid's future and not the short term. Yeah, I agree because it would have been the wrong thing to rush him out there and without, without him being fully healed. Broncos down to starter Trevor Simeon and undrafted rookie Kyle Slaughter as the only available quarterbacks on their roster. As mm-hmm. Vance Joseph said today that Paxton Lynch is uh, in danger of missing the season's first two weeks with a sprained right shoulder suffered Saturday against the Packers, but he won't need surgery. Um, Slaughter may be the only quarterback Thursday, by the way, going solo. That's going to be a, a very tight situation for them. Obviously, I mean, look, they'd already made the decision about who they wanted the, the starter to be, which unfortunately became an indictment of what Paxton Lynch isn't. I still think you need to give the kid a little bit more time. Unfortunate that he's hurt, but 
Denver is in the situation that they're in. And I'm going to guess there's a certain quarterback that won't get a call, regardless of what situation they're in. Speaking of Colin Kaepernick, I know mm-hmm. you're talking about, when they write the story about this period in, in NFL sports history and United States history about Colin Kaepernick, what would it have been if he had taken that pay cut and they'd have traded him, traded for him from San Francisco. Mm. What, what would it have been? Who knows? Interesting. Uh, Florida State facing the Crimson Tide Saturday night on ABC. Jimbo Fisher, of course, spent five years as Saban's assistant in Baton Rouge, when he, where he served also as LSU's offensive coordinator, and they won a national title together in 2003. Unfortunately for Jimbo, Saban has had a lot, and I do mean a lot, of success against his former assistants. He's won all 10 games. He's coached against them, winning all of those games by at least 14 points. Wow. Here's Saban on his former coordinator. Jimbo was always, in my mind, one of the best play callers, one of the best assistant coaches uh, relating to players, teachers uh, that we've ever had on any of our staffs. And certainly appreciate the great work that he did for us. There's probably more hype because you've had longer to talk about it. It's a season opener. That has a lot to do with it, in my opinion. I mean, but, you know, it's the first time in that two top three teams have played to open up a season. So, it, I mean, I understand where that comes from. But for us, we just got to play a game. We have to play the, the football game, not everything else. And that's going to be the key. Jake Ruby, he said he has no problem with Kirk Cousins trying to make a play on Montez Perfect following his pick six. Uh, Gruden said to let a guy score a touchdown on our home field is unacceptable. So I'm happy he did that. That was the right move. He should do that. Nah. Damn if you do, damn if you don't. Because you know good and well that if he made a business decision because it's preseason, he'd, he'd be, be getting, getting criticized in Washington for it. Okay. Like if you're going to make him play, they got to play. But it is preseason. It okay? is. And he is your franchise quarterback without a long-term deal. But that, to me, that endears him to his teammates. Imagine how they would look at him sideways if he just decided to let and him And to score. the fans, too. Yeah. Uh, they've already been on the campaign to try to get him paid. They see stuff like that. And it just makes him right. winning that PR battle. Not picture Montez perfect celebration, which is awesome. <laughs> Menelik Watson, congratulations. The Denver Bronco proposed to his girlfriend during the third quarter of Denver's preseason game against Green Bay Saturday. I don't think this is doing too much, my man. Congratulations. God bless you and your union. Live happily ever after. I think it's a boss move to do it during the game. This one over here is anti-romance and doesn't like sports-themed proposals in general. I don't. And then on top of that, a preseason game? Like, not even a real game? Oh, look. God. Not even a playoff game? <laughs> no, just right there doing preseason. That is only so she, you would have said no preseason. <laughs> that only me preseason? illustrates how pointless preseason is because you can sit there and propose to somebody during the game. All right, uh, Florida now has eight players suspended for the opener against Michigan after head coach uh, Jim McElwain said that receiver James Robinson, who was cited for marijuana possession last week, won't play against the Wolverines. Eight dudes suspended? Eight dudes. Um, That's called everybody in their mama. <laughs> put out a list of who is playing. How about you put it for Florida. That hurts you. I know you hate Michigan, but do you love these uniforms? They're both wearing those special color rush uniforms. Uh, Michigan's is aight. It's okay. You like it. So you like it. <laughs> Say you like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, but right. Florida, I don't Art know Browse, if they have a chance or not. Our Browse is employed again. Hired today as the assistant head coach uh, for the offense by the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. He's got a connection with June Jones, who was named their new head coach last week. The commissioner says we're talking about it, and we'll release a statement once we finish talking about it. Say something. Which about is it. really interesting because they didn't know or were aware of what happened with Art Browse at Baylor. How were they not aware of that? So they almost oh, what's make, to discuss? Like, what's to discuss? So it seems to me all those discussions should have taken place before he was actually hired. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it was a thing where they were caught off guard 
Is he unemployable, period, or you just don't want him in charge of a program, pro or college? Especially, he can't be in charge of a college program. But can he be an assistant in the CFL? Can he work at all? Can he coach at all? As long as he's not making any administrative decisions and can cover anything else up, I'm good. For me, it feels too soon. I got you. Uh, Cole Kubelik of the SEC Network is predicting that this year's college football playoff will include NC State. That's what I'm talking about. Now, that's a hot take. Way to go out on the limb. But that prompted Louisville radio host Mark Ennis to tweet that he will eat a live animal if the Wolfpack make the playoff. I now have a team to root for in college football. <laughs> I want to see if you would do it. See, that's the kind of bet that just you, don't. Would you but do it? Pro- it was, it's so unlikely. A live animal? What animal could you eat without having, you know, some of the pet enthusiasts? I, I was just thinking about that time on, your on head. South Beach at News Cafe and our good buddy Wright Thompson <laughs> ordered a steak. He's like, bring it to me alive. And if you know right now. He had a a colorful word in front of that. Yeah, not rare, a lot. (laughs) A lot. That's something. Hey, shout out to Bengals punter Kevin Huber. See? That's that's why punters are players, too. (laughs) Point of calling is I want to let you know that next next Thursday, your boy's getting his first start as a Buckeye. Are you kidding? Yep. Great stuff right there. Hey, real quick, we'd be remiss if we didn't recognize the remarkable run by Reese Hoskins. Hoskins, excuse me, Reese Hoskins. It is 11th home run of the season in a victory over the Cubs. It's 11 home runs in his first 18 games, a major league record. Also made a diving catch to start a triple play. Phillies, Braves tonight. Does he keep it going? Yeah, uh, I'm going to say yes. And too bad the Phillies aren't a little bit better. Best Reese since Jonathan Reese Myers. Might be a bigger story. All right, when asked if he practices television skills, Jay Cutler told MMQB, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I did. I'd be lying if I said you had to. I ain't practiced. Look where it got me. <laughs> Adam Gates told Jarvis Landry, by the way, there's no chance to be traded despite what the contract. What is that the, the most Jay Cutler response? I'd expect nothing different. I would expect nothing different from Jay Doesn't Cutler. Doesn't practice playing football. <laughs> just just go out there and sling that thing. It's like someone say that about his football ability. Uh, meanwhile, Kobe, he's now challenged the Greek freak, your man Giannis, to win NBA MVP oh, and did. also John Wall to be first team all defense. Wall tweeted back, say no more. You think Giannis will win the MVP. That's your no, early I didn't say pick. that. I, I, oh, I like his odds. I like take those odds. You would take his odds. But, I mean, look, he, I was left, trying to give he, the in all, he left the Bucks in all five categories last year. It's certainly not above uh, – Certainly not. Certainly something we could certainly expect him to do. Yeah, I, I like Wall as, uh, as first team all defense. I, if I had to pick one that was more likely to happen, is Wall. Yeah. Because I mean, Giannis is just born in the era of LeBron and right. KD and Russell Westbrook. But look, if, if they can be better in the East, I wouldn't put it past my man. No. Uh, before we call it, did tell the people had a good day. Well, it was a good day, I think, for our colleagues Marcellus Wiley and Keyshawn Johnson because neither one of them blew a hamstring in the marquee race. They raced each other in the 40-yard dash twice. Marcellus is claiming victory, and there's a lot of controversy because no one knows who actually won this thing. Looked like Keyshawn to me. Sorry, Marcellus. It shouldn't have been that close, Key. <laughs> wide receiver, once upon a time. Hey, it's a good day if you go to Naperville High School in Illinois because your squad overcame a 42 to nothing second quarter deficit 42. to defeat Edwardsville 53-49. The comeback featured 39 and answered second half points. Imagine going to school. I go in my uniform. <laughs> Went with a neck class. Hot white jacket. Well, yeah, the sports on ESPN News. Stay tuned for Indian Jackies on ESPN. <laughs> <laughs>